Hey everybody, welcome to the NFL Roadshow at what historically would have been the quarter pole of the season. Now we've got 17 games, the math's all wonky, and everything is ruined. But it still feels like a good checkpoint to see where we are now that we have enough of a sample size to know which things are patterns that are starting to develop and which things are more likely single-game anomalies, like that week one Packers game. Throw it out. Probably the week one and week two Saints games. Throw them out. But taking a look at some statistics, there are a few things that jump out to me that feel interesting, like most notably the Washington defense being so different this year. They're allowing nearly 113 more yards and 10 more points per game than they allowed last season. We're talking second best in yards allowed last year to fourth worst this season. That is not your typical defense regressing to the mean situation. And I'm very curious about why it's happening, or at the very least, what it is that's happening that's leading to these very different results. So I've called on Ted Wynn, who writes for The Athletic and is, in my opinion, one of the very best tape grinders out there. He watches the film, he breaks it down, he writes about it. He doesn't necessarily care about the narratives, he just tells you what he sees and he's really good at it. So I think he's perfect to tell us what is going on with some of these teams that we might have questions about right now. And he's an especially good person to talk about the Raiders as he is a Bay Area guy who got his start covering that team. And obviously after that Monday night game, there are questions about who they might be this year. So let's get started. Time now to break the huddle. Hold up, let's go. Two on, two on, two. Ready? Ready? Welcome, Ted, back from the Raiders-Chargers game, which I know you attended in person. What what happened to the Raiders? What was so different about them in week four from weeks one through three? Well, they they were starting slow in all of the games they, they won, even in the beginning of the season. So having slow starts was, it was a problem. I think a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. They lost a lot of talent or maybe losses kind of um, – putting it kindly, they, they traded away a bunch of talent off the line and decided to go younger. And it, you know, in those early games, I think it just, they start slow because they can't really block a pass rush when the pass rush is just full of energy and amped up in the beginning of games. And as a pass rush gets more tired, they're able to kind of move the ball and they get some more time for car and car has been phenomenal this season. Uh, but against the Chargers, you know, they were getting instant pressures on Carr. They couldn't run the ball. And it was just too much to overcome. And they had a little bit of a shot there in the second half, but they just couldn't finish um, that critical drive where uh, I think they got around the 35-yard line. And, um, you know, Carr ended up getting sacked, took them out of field goal range, and that just kind of ended their chances right there. Did you see anything different from um, from Derek Carr in that game? I almost called him David. That's like my favorite. I cannot get the two. <laughs> anyway. Did you see anything different from him or was it just the pressure in front of him that was different? Um, you know, I think he missed a, f- a few passes that he would normally hit, but I think the pressure was just too intense. And I actually give him a lot of credit because in the past, when he's getting that type of pressure, he wouldn't, he would kind of fold and he wouldn't step up. But I thought in the second half, even with all that pressure, he was staying in the pocket. He was buying time with his legs. And a lot of the big plays they hit was because he was willing to, uh, kind of create with his legs and hold on to the ball, even though he was getting that type of pressure. So, uh, Despite I still what think, Joey Bosa says. 
Yeah, despite what Joey Bosa says, I think Carr has earned that reputation because of the way he's played since his injury in 2016. But this season, I've seen a different Derek Carr, and I thought that uh, he still looked like a, a very good quarterback and an improved quarterback, even in that week four loss to the in Chargers. What, in what way has he looked different this year to you? And the way you said that made me think that you think it's related to recovering from the injury. Is that true? Yeah, I think, you know, after that, that leg injury where he, you know, broke his leg, he just, he would not stay in the pocket. And when there was pressure, he would throw off his back foot. Uh, he wanted to get rid of the ball too quickly, didn't let things develop. And I think this year, and ever since Gruden got, has gotten to the Raiders, he's been really working on car on letting things develop, taking more shots downfield. And you saw that in his stats year to year, he made improvements in those areas uh, and just got more aggressive. And this year he's been really, really aggressive and it's paid off for the Raiders. And um, this year, unfortunately, uh, this is his probably the worst offensive line that he's had, but he's still been able to overcome that. But he it was just too much in, in week four. And it, it's something to watch out for because, you know, I just don't think you could ask Derek Carr to do as much as he's been doing uh, since the beginning of the season. Let me ask you this. This is kind of a, a sidetracked thought here because uh, I'm interested in the fact that you watch this game live, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to know your process and how different it is for you because your whole thing is kind of like that you're a film guru. Obviously you're crunching a lot of tape through the rest of the week. When you watch games live, how are you watching them? What are you watching for? Are are you seeing these things live? Are you just making notes to yourself of this is what I want to go back and take a closer look at? How, how is the process different for you live versus on tape? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty difficult to get everything you want to get watching the game live. You know, even when you talk to you know coaches that have done this for twenty years, um, you can't get everything live. You want to focus on a few things that you want to focus on, and that's the only way you'll be able to extract enough information. Uh, but luckily, you know, when we're sitting in the press box, we can see the the play live. We can see the replay on, you know, the big screen, especially in SoFi Stadium, where they have that huge screen. And then you can go look up on the screen and see the Monday Night Football broadcast, which is a little behind. So, uh, you know, I like to catch what I can't catch on TV. So I'm watching the safeties, the secondary more, because you can't really see that on TV. So that, that's what I'm focused on when I watch games live. Okay, so because you have uh, watched so much tape, I want to, and I have specific teams that I want to ask you about, but I think um, let's start somewhat broadly. I am curious to know sometimes what's actually happening doesn't match what we think is happening, right? And like some of the narratives that people are discussing. Are there any narratives out there this season that feel overblown to you based on what you've seen on tape or just straight up incorrect? Um, you know, I, I think I, I thought about this for, for a little bit and, you know, just, you know, I, I, I don't have the, you know, I, I didn't come up with like a, but I did a ton of research on this. I don't have a bunch of evidence, but I think the Panthers defense got a little too much praise. And I thought this before their uh, performance against Dallas, because, you know, everybody's praising Phil Snow for uh, what he, do, what he's done. And I think the defense has improved. Uh, but, you know, when I look at the scheme, it just looks exactly like what Mike Zimmer has been doing for years with the double A gap pressures and the read blitzes. So I, I don't really see too much innovation, but, you know, he's kind of being heralded as this like crazy innovator. And um, I, I just didn't see that. So uh, but still, I don't want to take credit away from the Panthers. I think he's doing a phenomenal job. I just don't think 
that what they were doing was, uh, was particularly innovative or new. So why do you think they have had the success that they've had then in the beginning of the season? Uh, they had a they had a weaker schedule, and like I said, they're definitely an improved defense for sure. And um, some of those Mike Zimmer schemes, um, they're they're hard to block, and if you execute them correctly, uh, they're very hard in protection schemes. Um, I just you know again, I don't want to take too much credit away from them. I just don't think that what he did was anything brand new or or innovative or something that we've never seen before. Who is doing something really really well? Who's the best best play calling in the league right now? that you've seen? Um, I think it's hard to really come up with new things because football has been around for so long, but I, I really like what Sean McVay is doing with the Rams, uh, especially with Matthew Stafford in a fold. You know, he's taking a lot more deep shots. You see more double moves. He's just a lot more aggressive um, in that win against in week three. Uh, he called the against the Buccaneers. He called the least amount of play action that he's ever called in his time with the, uh, it with the Rams. And that just kind of shows how much he trusts Matthew Stafford and how much uh, more Matthew Stafford brings as far as being able to play in a drop back game without having to rely on uh, play action. And he's doing all a bunch of interesting things with empty formations and still being able to get uh, the proper protection that Stafford needs and empty. Uh, so I like what he's doing a lot. Um, they had a hiccup against the uh, Cardinals, obviously, but if you watch that game, there were a lot of wide open receivers in that game. So I think Sean McVay is doing a f- fantastic job as a play caller right now. You know, it's funny. You brought up the Panthers defense. Um, and then I switched to offensive play calling. I should have just segued straight to Joe Brady because uh, I'm curious to know, he's getting a lot of credit for the Sam Darnold turnaround. He clearly has in some ways better players around him than he had in New York. He's in a better situation. How much in your opinion has Joe Brady been a part of that? Yeah, I think that uh, it's Joe Brady. I think that there's better talent around him. He has um, Darno has better protection, and he's just cutting down on the turn- turnovers. And I haven't watched uh, the Panthers' Week Four game just yet. So, but you know, I did watch one to three, and I uh, really studied Darnold. And I just thought he did a, a lot better job of checking the, down the ball when opportunities weren't there. Um, and you know, you see some of that talent shine through uh, more with less of a negative. Um, so I still think that he needs to protect the ball a little bit better when, uh, the pocket is collapsing around him, but I like that he's not putting the ball in harm's way as much as he did before, but you still see some of those big time arm talent, uh, throws flash occasionally. The ball protection might not be coming, Ted. We might just have enough <laughs> of a sample size now to know that that yeah. is what we're looking at where Sam Darnold's concerned. Who's a player that's crushing it. That is not getting nearly enough love. Who's jumped off the tape at you. I love Hunter, Hunter Renfro. And, you know, I cover the Raiders. I, I cover the NFL, but I kind of focus on the Raiders because that's where, you know, I kind of started my career as a journalist. And just watching Hunter Renfro is just, just awesome. The way he runs routes, the way he blocks, just does everything correctly. And it's just, you know, they call him third and Renfro, and it's kind of a meme now, but every third down, you know, he's there and he, he's converting. Um, he And he's just, he created a couple new routes. I wrote an article about, these crazy quadruple route moves that he he's running now. He scored a touchdown against uh, the Chargers on one of those routes, and obviously you saw that phenomenal uh, fourth down play he made on that fl- uh, fake punt in that Monday Night Football game. So he he's just a really reliable player that um, you know I think he's not going to get monster stats, but he is very very valuable to the Raiders, and um, I think they've they've won games because of him. How closely have you looked at the Steelers this year? 
Uh, I didn't watch his last game closely. I saw it on TV, but um, I, I've, yeah, I've said your yeah. tape. Um, and it's, <laughs> it, yeah, it's, um, and it's not a very exciting film study. I'll tell you that it's, you know, Roethlisberger can, he just has no zip on the ball anymore. So he can't make those intermediate, uh, you know, bang eight dig route type of throws. And he's just limited to throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage, um, little slant routes, and he could have, you know, occasionally heave up a fade ball here and there. But it's those intermediate inside throws he can't drive anymore. And I just don't know if you could live that way anymore. I don't know if you could, you know, call an offense that way anymore. And I think that we're going to see him eventually get usurped by one of those backup quarterbacks uh, for Pittsburgh because, you know, you, it's, we've seen what Roethlisberger can do. You know, I know they lo- love his mind and ha- what that kind of intelligence he brings to the game. But how much of that can offset the physical limitations that he yeah. has? The issue there, because I totally agree with you. Um, the obvious problem there is that they didn't put a quarterback behind him this offseason mm-hmm. that's really a guy you want to turn to. Like Mason Rudolph, we've kind of been there and done that. I mean, is that going to be much better? Or does he give you a better chance to win? Dwayne Haskins, I mean, I guess you could make the argument like, let's see what he looks like here because we haven't yet in this environment with these weapons, but I don't know that that's, <laughs> I don't, I don't like the options there. I, I would argue that they just made a mistake in the off season and now they just have to ride this out and the season will be what it is to a degree. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. They made a mistake by not putting a young quarterback there, but I just think how much worse can it get? You know, maybe, you know, I might be saying this now and then Mason Rudolph goes out and throws five interceptions, but I just think, you know, you want to see how this offense can look when the field is a little bit more open and you can drive the ball downfield a little bit more. What about um, speaking of young quarterbacks and teams that did pick one up, Justin Fields, and the difference between week three, Justin Fields slash Bears offense and week four, Justin Fields slash Bears offense. What specifically did they do that was so different? I think in week three, they're calling plays and trying to dial up things that just didn't fit his skill set. They were trying to put him in empty. They're trying to call all these five, five man protection type of plays where he has a lot of options, but he has to get rid of the ball quickly. And that's just never been his strength, even going back to Ohio State. Uh, so in week four, they they dialed up a little bit more max protection, meaning they had seven guys in protection and they were sacrificing spacing for uh, for more blockers. And, um, you know, they have less guys out on routes, but Justin Fields has a lot of arm talent. He could throw the ball deep. He could drive balls into those tight windows. So he doesn't necessarily need as much spacing. And I thought, you know, he was phenomenal when they did have seven man protections. They called those deep shot play actions. He made uh, one of the throws of the, of the season so far uh, late, later in that game when they had a max protection. It was an out route where, you know, they had a guy on top of one of the receivers and an underneath guy, and he still got the ball in there. Uh, but one thing I want to see more is uh, I want to see more option plays. I mean, you have Justin Fields, who's one of the best uh, athletes at the quarterback position, uh, but they're just not, they, they call a few zone reads here and there, uh, but they're not, you know, they don't have enough of that in their playbook. And for some reason, they decide to put David Montgomery in as quarterback when they run some of these option plays, when you have Justin Fields, who could do the same thing. Uh, so that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, you know, if he does start next week, I want to see uh, some more uh, his, his option package grow a little bit. Can they continue to do what they did last week against the Lions? 
without David Montgomery. So now he's hurt and they're going to be without him and they don't have Cohen back for a few more weeks. So I don't really know what the running back position looks there from a depth standpoint in terms of having a strong running back that you want to give the ball to as frequently as they did to David Montgomery last week. How does that change what we saw them do in week four and their ability to continue doing that moving forward? I think they can keep doing that because I think, you know, statistically and through analytics, we found that you don't need a really strong run game to for play action to work because linebackers and safeties, they're going to bite on run action because that's just what they're trained to do. Uh, so, you know, that's been proven year in and year out. Uh, so I, I don't think you need a, you just need a threat of a run. You'd have to present the threat of a run. And I don't think that not having David Montgomery is going to um, totally change that. So I think they could still do their play action, deep shots with the backup running back in. Um, you know, I think that they could go to more option football would be better when they don't have a, a running back as good as David Montgomery, because you could open up some holes and lighten the box a little bit and, and even out the numbers game with more options. Uh, but I don't, I don't think, you know, not having David Montgomery totally changes the game plan for the bears. I want to talk to you about a few defenses. There are a few defenses that are off to pretty rough starts. Um, one in particular that, uh, I, I don't think we expected. I think that, you know, we expected some defensive regression from the Washington football team, but what they've done is just go completely to the other end of the spectrum from where they were last year. Um, just awful on third down. They're getting crushed on play action. Just so many things are going wrong. Um, how do you explain the difference from last season to this season? Um, I, you know, that's tough going from, you know, being a top five defense to going from, uh, what they are now. I'm not sure where they're ranked now, but I'm sure it's bottom like five. To- yeah. Bottom five defense right now. And I, I think they lost some guys in the secondary. I think on a second level, their linebacker play has been terrible as far as run fits. And like you said, they're getting killed on play action. Uh, we, we saw that throughout the season and Matt Ryan uh, burned them on play action a, a few times. Um, and I just don't think they have as, that much talent on a second and third level as we thought. And is getting kind of uh, is getting exposed now. But I think a, a, a front four as good as they have should be able to uh, kind of hide some of those weaknesses. But they're so bad in the secondary, and it's not just a talent issue. They just straight up blow blow coverages, and they've done this three weeks in a row now. The the you know one of the first glaring ones when um, on Thursday night football against the Giants, Steve Slayton was wide open, and he kind of drops that wide open pass. Nobody within ten yards of him. Against the Bills, they blow two coverages against Stephon Diggs, one of the best receivers in the league. Um, and then they blow one against uh, De- uh, Cordell Patterson this week against the Falcons. He was wide open. So these are just inexcusable uh, type of plays for professionals to make. And, um, you know, it, it comes down to, I think it comes down to the defense coordinator, Jack Del Rio. Um, you know, he had some of these issues when he was the head coach of the Raiders, talked about eye violations, communication issues. And then now we're seeing with the um, Washington football team. Uh, so, you know, you just can't do it. And I, I think, you know, if they were a little more stable in the back end, this defense wouldn't be as bad and that front four could go to work. But when you're giving up these quick passes um, to wide open receivers, the front four doesn't have a chance to do work. I saw a quote in the article, actually, that you wrote with Ben Standig. Um, from Cole Holcomb, who I thought that the quote was interesting because I I needed to actually reach out to Willie McGinnis and ask him, what does this mean from a linebacker standpoint? Um, he said that he needed to calm his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain 
now that I understand um, and have <laughs> for a few hours now, what that actually means from a defensive standpoint. Cause I think that speaks to uh, the sense of like, we talk about quarterbacks feeling like they need to press. I think mm-hmm. ultimately he kind of told the whole story of like the disarray of this defense and saying that. Yeah. I think that means that he doesn't know what he's looking at. So when he doesn't know what he's looking at, his eyes are darting all over the place. But when you know the defense, you know, the system, you know what your reads are. Um, then your eyes are calm. You know that I'm looking here, and then if that happens, then I'm looking here. But right now, he just doesn't have a right, a good process, and that's one of the reasons that he, you know, they're so bad against play action. They're looking at the running back, they're biting up on run, and then when they realize it's play action, they have to panic and look back and try to find the receivers they're covering. Uh, so I just don't think he has a good pro- mental process right now, and it's affecting his eyes. And you can't play when you're you don't know what you're looking at. It all comes back to doing your job, right? To steal the mm-hmm. whole Patriots thing, like just your specific thing. You have specific things that you need to look at in order to do your job well. If you feel like it's all falling apart around you and that you need to actually do more than is just required by you to do your job, you got to do the guy next to you and the guy next to you. You don't feel that sense of trust. Then you're going to kind of be like focusing on all of these different things. Exactly. And and I think that that's a sign that maybe you'll, but I mean, obviously a lot is not going well there. Do you have faith that, that, that based on what you've seen, that this is what we're likely to continue seeing from Washington this year? Is this just who that defense is, or are these the types of things that you can clean up? I think you can clean them up, but I just don't have a lot of faith in Jack Del Rio right now, just because these are, you know, I thought he might've been a a much improved defensive coordinator because of what happened last year. They were so Uh, good. Yeah, they they were really good and, you know, top in the league, obviously. Uh, But, you know, a lot of these same issues happened in Oakland and they were never able to fix it through the years in Oakland. Uh, So I just don't have a lot of faith that he's going to be able to fix things now with um, the Washington football team. What do you see with the Seahawks allowing an NFL worst 152 yards per game allowed on the ground? I can't imagine that Pete Carroll is sleeping well at night, knowing that his defense is that bad at something. And they're only slightly better at defending the pass. What is the problem there? You know, I haven't really studied the Seahawks defense that closely especially uh, up front. I, I kind of just wa- gl- uh, glanced through the um, the Niners game um, this morning, but I mean, that blown coverage against um, with Trey Lance in the game to Debo Samuel was pretty, pretty glaring. It seems like they're having eye violation problems themselves. Uh, just looking in the wrong places to focus on run fakes and, and that sort of deal. So uh, I, I can't give you a super detailed answer on that, but that's just ba- a little, you know, of what I've seen uh, based on a quick glance at their defense. Have you watched Tampa and Kansas City and or either of those two? I've seen both. I, I think with Tampa, I think with Tampa, it's just, you know, they they lost so many guys in the secondary that it's tough to play when you're playing with your fourth, fifth string corners. Um, and, you know, especially in that New England game when they lost Carlson Davis, I, I think it, that's just a lot to overcome. And as far as uh, Kansas City, it, I just, I don't know. They, you know, it's, they have the same guys as last year, but they can't, you know, they, they were never good at stopping the run. That's not really what they were built to do. Uh, Their linebacker play has been really, really bad, like pretty close to how bad uh, the Washington football team uh, has been playing. Uh, But they were, they could at least stop the pass, um, you know, the last couple of seasons with Steve Spagnola, 
but this season they, they can't do anything right. So it's just, it's a problem. Uh, they, they gave a career day to Jalen Hurts, who, you know, he, he's, I think he's getting better as a passer. Uh, but, you know, for him to pass for 360 yards on, on your defense is a bad sign. Um, I think the Chiefs offense has actually improved. I, I, I thought they got a lot better the last couple of weeks. Uh, so they're pretty scary, but this defense is a major question mark for a team that has uh, championship aspirations. So I, I'm wondering with the Chiefs defense, because their offense is going to put up points. They're going to be the Chiefs offense and they're going to keep them in it. I fully believe the Chiefs are going to be in this till the end, but I'm starting to have strong concerns about whether that defense is going to be a massive liability come the end of the season. Do are are you feeling similarly or are you thinking like they'll figure this out? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, a lot of this, the guys in the second are the same guys as last year and they were pretty good against the pass as last, last season. So it's kind of, um, you know, kind of strange how, how bad worse they've gotten, but I, I have more faith that the chiefs defense could figure it out than, you know, with the Washington football team. Um, because I think Steve Spagnuolo is a really good defensive coordinator and I think that they've had some, um, you know, they started slow in the past, maybe not this slow, but they've had slow starts before and they kind of figure it out as the season goes along and as they get in the playoffs. So I, I, I have some faith that they could figure things out, but right now they look like a massive liability. From a Tampa standpoint, the fact that they are dead last in pass defense and first by a lot against the run, just the complete and total imbalance defensively. Um, it seems obvious that you would be able to take advantage of the team one way and that teams will just stop running against them. Do you see, based on what the numbers are bearing out here, um, reason to think that teams will have a lot more offensive success as the season goes on against this team, just as they figure out ways to take advantage of what's an obvious weakness compared to a clear and obvious strength? I think they, I think they have a pretty solid scheme. Um, I, I just think again, it, it's just the cornerback injuries, and I think part of the the reasons why their numbers are so bad is because teams don't just kind of give up on a run against them. They just know that they're not going to be able to run the ball on the Buccaneers, so they kind of, you know, they'll hand the ball off once in a while to keep the defense honest. But when they go into the game, they're planning to pass at a high volume, and um, you know, they're hitting on a major weakness because they just don't have the corners right now. Uh, so until that secondary gets um, healthier, uh, I just don't think things are going to get much better for that um, that Bucks secondary. Who do you think is the best team in the NFL right now? The most complete, um, fewest holes that's impressed you the most. That's tough to say. A lot of teams, uh, a lot of teams ended up, uh, you know, a bunch of undefeated teams ended up losing. You know, I think the Cardinals are really good, but I can't. I, it's tough for me to give them the top spot. Um, Why? Uh, I just see, I still see some holes in, in their team. And I think Kyler Murray's playing amazing, but he's still prone to those big turnovers um, and, and costly turnovers. Uh, so I, it's tough for me to give them the top spot right now. Is there anyone whose record suggests that they might be a contender right now who has thoroughly unimpressed you on tape that you're mm. expecting a regression as the season goes on? You know, I, I I think the Raiders are um, are a candidate for regression as the season goes along because their offensive line is so bad. Their defense is uh, has legitimately improved. Like they were, keep, they kept the Raiders in that 
uh, Monday night football game uh, when the offense couldn't do anything. It just kept on going three and out, three and out. Uh, but th- they have no run game. Um, protection is terrible. Carr is taking a lot of hits and he's asked to do too much right now uh, for that offense. And I just don't see a way for that offensive line to get better uh, right now. Richie incognito is uh, injured and there's no sign that he's coming back that, you know, they described uh, Vinny uh, from the Las Vegas journal reported that they're in a holding pattern with him right now. And they just don't know when he's going to come back. And he's a huge loss for that offensive line. Alex Leatherwood, their first round draft pick, is playing like one of the worst right tackles in the league. I think he's 31st in pass block win rate right now. And, you know, he's he was seen as kind of a developmental guy, but I just don't know how much improvement he could make in one season, especially for a team that has playoff hopes. Uh, so, I, I, you know, they played great in the first three games of the season. I think they'll actually win some games um, because they have a pretty weak schedule for the next four games. Uh, but later on, as the season gets along, if this offensive line doesn't start improving, uh, I think we're going to see some regression from the Raiders. Do you think the Chargers are legit? Yeah, I think the Chargers are, are legit. I mean, Justin Herbert, I, I think he's ascended to a top five quarterback. I think uh, Brandon Staley has done a really good job with that defense. And Derwin James just fits that defense. And I think, you know, the way he's playing, he could be a defensive player of the year candidate. Uh, so I just really like what the Chargers are doing. And they're not charging. They're, they're not losing right. games. You know, <laughs> totally. At, at that was big on Monday, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. that was the sense. Like, are they going to blow it? <laughs> yeah. In and an obvious did, way. They didn't blow the Chiefs game either. So, yep. um, you know, as long as they stay healthy and they don't, you know, they don't start losing a ton of guys like they have in the past. I, I think they're a legit contender. Now, if we can just fill up the stadium so it's not completely black next time yeah. <laughs> the Raiders come to town. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Ted, when you can follow him on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis, FB like football, and you can find his work on the athletic website. And it's very good work. I highly recommend that you do both of those things. And then... Uh, We will be back on Friday with another episode, a look ahead to week five from a fantasy standpoint. Um, From a real world standpoint, I can tell you I'm very much looking forward to that Browns Chargers game in the late window. Um, I, as you well know, agree with Ted and think that Herbert is just amazing. And I can't wait to see what he does against that Browns defense. And if the Browns offense can play a lot better than they did against Minnesota, they're frankly going to have to. And how about Bill's Chiefs on Sunday night? Ooh, Buffalo with two shutouts in four weeks. They're not going to do that against KC. But I can't wait to see what they can do. In the meantime, before we get to all of this, can I ask you to do me a favor? Could you please, if you enjoyed this episode, help us grow by leaving a review and a five-star rating on your podcast platform, where I would also love it if you could hit that subscribe button. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora. It's also available on the SXM app, which is free for most subscribers. Just download it today, tap podcast, boom, there we are. For video clips of the show and more, follow me on Twitter, Lindsay underscore Rhodes is my handle there on Instagram. I'm Lindsay Rhodes NFL. The NFL Roadshow is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Andrew Emmer. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. And a special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen. And we'll see you again on Friday. 
Sirius XM Podcasts.